the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The harvest is indeed great, but the laborers are few. Let's see how we can change that next. From the well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Hi there. Welcome to the program. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. We're back in Luke chapter 10, looking once again at the harvest and how great it is and just how few laborers are really laboring in that field of harvest. How do we change that? How do we encourage it in our own lives to be more efficient laborers? Well, that's what we're talking about. Please join us. With more, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, once again, from the well, a Christian community in Livermore, California, with this edition of Times of Refreshing. There's a war in you and I that rages every single day. That's why Jesus said, deny yourself. He didn't say, deny your friend. He said, deny yourself, you first. You're not going to be able to deal with your friend unless you deal with you. Can I have an Amen. We got to deal with us. We got to look ourselves in the mirror and say, no, you can't have that. No, you're not going to do that. No, we're not doing that. No, no, Napoleon Kaufman, old Napoleon Kaufman, you're dead. The old me. Every day we choose to tell the old us and make sure the old us understands that you're not living in me anymore. You're not going to manifest the way you used to manifest through me. You're not going to live out your desires in me anymore. There's a new Adam in me. Can I have an amen? amen. And, and, and that's who's going to live. Well, this hostility goes on, and this is what Jesus has sent us out into. We have to learn how to win this battle and make sure that we stick to message and continue to demonstrate his character and nature. He says, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs, he says, among wolves. Well, look what he says in verse 4. He says, carry neither bag, knapsack, nor sandal, and greet no one along the road. I love this. I love this because when it comes to the gospel, we have to stop thinking that it's our accumulation of money that gives us the ability to share our message. Jesus said, when you go, he says, don't take any. What he's basically saying is you don't need all this stuff. This isn't the stuff that's going to cause the message to have its impact. But it's a shame nowadays we don't feel like we can. Listen, it's not, it's not the stuff. It's the message. God is going to anoint the message. Not our lighting. Not our pyrotechnics. Jesus is basically letting them know. And obviously, Jesus had a money bag. He understands the value of money. But he's making a point here. He's helping them to understand that, that it's not this stuff. It's the message. 
Then he says, when you go on the road, he says, don't greet anyone. Stay focused on where I'm leading you to. Don't get distracted along the road. People are going to pull you this way, this way. And it's like that. It's one of the big things in ministry as a pastor. One of, one of my biggest challenges here as the senior pastor here at this church is making sure that we stay focused and on message with Christ. Because the world wants to pull you here. People want to suggest this. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And you got so many people trying to pull you. And, and some of the things are very good and, they're, and it's God. But some things are, I saw, I was at this church and they did that. Well, that doesn't mean that just because they did that, that it was good. Or that it's for our church. And so Jesus said, he basically is telling them, stay on the road, stay focused. He said, and greet no one along the road. And for us, we have to see that how hard is it to open your mouth under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and share your faith. You don't need money to do that. You don't need a knapsack to do that. Our hearts just have to be bent towards God and towards people and a willingness to open our mouths. But we, we start thinking that the only way we can get the message out is through having a bunch of money. Now, we thank God for money. We need money for stuff that we do. But in terms of getting the gospel out, it's not about money. It's about every single one of us. One, to put a thousand to flight. Two, to put ten thousand. And all it takes is people with a willing heart and willingness to share their faith. Stop thinking that you can't do something for God because you don't have the money to do it. It's the gospel. Open your mouth and share it. Jesus, he, you, you watch Jesus' ministry. It was so simple but so powerful. Nowadays, we make things so complicated. Man, we're not going to be able to convey our message unless we have a big old video board. Well, how about you just sit on the side of the hill and, and start preaching and then see what happens? That's what Jesus did. And he changed the world. I love our stuff. We buy stuff. It's good. I think it's great. But we can't think that it's the stuff that makes our message impactful. It's the Holy Spirit, can I have an amen, that makes the message impactful. When you start speaking, does he confirm what you're saying by moving in people's hearts? We have to get back to this, saints. And Jesus tells them, go your way. Behold, I send you as lamb among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. Look what he says in verses 5 and 6. But whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. The gospel is ultimately a gospel of peace. Now, it does bring division. But ultimately, it is a gospel of peace. People are looking for peace in their life. And they think that if I can just get another this or that, that I'll have more peace. Or if this person would just get out of my life, I'd have more peace. <laughs> Some of y'all saying, well, uh-huh, well, <laughs> that'll preach, pastor. <laughs> but, but realize that the gospel 
is ultimately a gospel of peace. God wants to bring peace into our lives and peace to other people. What kind of peace am I talking about? I'm talking about a peace, number one, a peace with God. We'll never be satisfied in our lives until we find our peace with God. We need to find peace with God. Number two, peace with ourselves. Until we come to a peace within ourselves, we'll never really experience what true peace is all about. And then number three, peace with, with, our, with our fellow man. It's, and, and it's in that order, God, us, and then our fellow man. It, and we'll never have that. But the gospel comes to bring that kind of peace. And so he tells them here very clearly. He says, but whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house. And if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. God is going before you. And he's preparing the hearts of people. Some people are not going to receive what you have to say. You may be planting. Some people will. And if there's a son of peace there, there's someone. And we have to realize that, that we have to stop fighting with people. If they're not ready yet, they're not ready yet. They're, they're not ready yet. But find peace. When we ministered to this young man, he was, he's ready. I'm ready. And you could just see it. The kid was, I'm, I'm, I'm just, this is what I need. I want Jesus in my life. For us, it, and it became simple based on the fact that somebody had already watered in this young man's life. But realize the gospel is something that we share, we don't shove. Can I have an amen, y'all? It's something that we share, we don't shove. If a person isn't ready to receive it, back off. And see, some, some, some of y'all in here need to hear that because we're shoving. And people are looking like, man, I'm going to, I'm not ready yet. And for us, what, what's happening is, as we start getting into fights with people and we'll blame it on the devil, but it was not the devil, it was you. Can I have an amen? They weren't ready, man. And you t- look at your neighbor and tell me he's not talking about you, is he? <laughs> I must confess, I've ran away a, a few in my time. I have. My wife will tell you, she used to get on me all the time. Would you stop? My goodness. It's like, I would be frustrated, huffing and puffing. Like, man, these people, man, they just crazy, man. Why aren't they getting saved? Like, honey, that's because you've been on the phone with them two hours talking their ear off. They're not ready yet. (laughs) They're not ready. We have to find that, that element of peace is something that we're looking for. He says here, and if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. Look at verse 7. He says, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the labor is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Now, this is interesting because Jesus puts this in here. Because ultimately, them bringing you into the house, and, and then from a cultural standpoint, this was a little bit different than what we experience here in American culture, but they would bring you in, and their way of blessing you would be to bring you in and feed you. That was the wage. That was the reward for the message that you shared and you were a blessing to them. They would, they would feed you and sit down and whatnot. And, and that's, so he's addressing that here. But I think it's the same thing. 
If a person welcomes you in and they're willing to receive, stay with them and share with them and be a blessing to them. And I think it's important that we understand this aspect of the ministry. It's not evangelism isn't just how many people I can share with. It's also it's also the establishment of a relationship. It's also the establishment of an, a connection that has a long-lasting effect. He says, stay. Don't just rush to the next house. But that's how some traveling evangelists do. Ooh, I don't even want to deal with that. Because they're just looking for the checks. How, how, many, how, many, how, many, how many services can I hit this month? I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. And so he says here, he says here, remain. And he says, do not go from house to house. He's trying to establish connection. And for all of us, we want this type of lifestyle where we share our faith, but we want to connect with people so that God ultimately can change their lives. But look at this. He says in verse 7, house. But then in verse 8, he says, city. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you. He says, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And for us, it's not just about a house to house thing. It's also about a regional or city thing. And the issue here with Jesus is he's not just talking about the promotion of the local church. Or your personal ministry. He says the kingdom of God has come to you. We have to develop a kingdom mindset when it comes to the gospel. Stop just thinking about you. Start thinking the bigger picture. That God is using me to advance his kingdom. And to spread his message to a people that are looking for a change in their life. And a blessing in their life. And looking for God to do something real in their life. But I have to see myself as an extension of the kingdom of God. Not just an extension of my church, although I'm an extension of my church, but an extension of the kingdom of God. I'm an extension of the kingdom of God. That the God of the universe is using me as an instrument to help somebody to come to know him. Think about how powerful that is, y'all. That you just don't represent yourself. You don't just represent your family. You represent the kingdom of God. Then in every place that you go, it doesn't matter if it's your vocation. It doesn't matter if, it's, if you're on, on vacation. Wherever you go, you are an extension of the kingdom of God. When you come into a home, you're an extension of the kingdom of God. When you come into a city, you're an extension of the kingdom of God. I'll never forget when we were, we were uh, going, we went before the cities to get this building and we were going through the whole process and they sat up there, the city officials sat up there and they voted unanimously to welcome us into the city and one of the representatives just got up and just started saying so many wonderful things about our church. He said, we welcome you into the city. We welcome you here, man. Come and bring your ministries and be a blessing. I, and I just sat there and I was like, wow. That, 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 that they had welcomed us into the city. 
And even when we had our trouble, I, I, don't, I, didn't, I don't forget about that, man. They welcomed us into this city. This, the, God has called us to this city and to this region. Well, it's the same thing with us. If a person is receiving you in, go in, but realize you're not just representing you. You're representing the kingdom of God. And God has gone before you and made the way. He says, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And look at verse 10 and 11. But, whoever, but whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, the very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. I love this. There's going to be times when you're going to have to wipe the dust off of your feet in relationships. Dude, I love you, man, but I tried to share with you. You don't want to receive it. Okay, we, you know, we cool. All right, I tried. You have to know when to wipe the dust off your, your feet and move on to what else God has in store for you. You have to do that sometimes with vocations. You have to do that sometimes, you know, with, with friends and family, whatever. You, there's times when you have to wipe the dust off your feet and keep moving on. The problem is, is we don't realize that sometimes, and let me say it like this, there's a cutoff point. And, so, and sometimes it's God, and he's telling this. They didn't welcome you. The city didn't welcome you. This person didn't welcome you. They don't want you. There's no way you and I can be effective at evangelism and helping people if we have a spirit of rejection on us. Rejection is built into the message. And there's going to be times when people are going to reject you. Not just rejecting you, they don't want the message. We have to be willing to say, okay, and not get, you know, we, we start taking it so personal, saints, and then we start lashing back. We have to learn we can't have rejection. Wipe the dust from your feet. And this is what he's saying. Wipe the dust from your feet and then move on to whatever it is that God has in store for you. Don't take it personal and allow God to deal with, with your personal and with my personal insecurities in regards to rejection. We have to fight that spirit that's going to try to get on us when we get rejected by people. Realize, he said, wipe the dust from your feet and understand that you have been used as an instrument to give someone opportunity. They just didn't take it. He said, no. That, and he says it here. Know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. I tried to share with y'all. You didn't want it. Okay, the kingdom of God has come near you. This is the mindset that we have to have. And then he says this, but I say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. When we share with cities, when we share with regions, when we share with people, share with individuals, communities, understand that God is also keeping record of who heard the message and who did not. And there's going to be an account, and there's an accountability associated with hearing the message that everyone is going to have to deal with at some point in their life. And for us, saints, we want to be individuals on the side of doing the best that we can to give people opportunity. And then they're going to have to deal with God in the end. Right now, we see various things that are going on in this planet. In this country, other countries. But saints, I want to just 
get back to what Jesus commissioned us to do, and that's to get out and share the gospel. Don't fight the wrong fight. Fight the right fight by sharing the gospel, sharing the message of Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, and the hope that's found in Jesus. We have so many things going on in the world. And then not only that, from a political step, we, we got all this stuff going on. All this stuff is converging right now. What is the church going to do? Are we going to stick to message or get off message? Are we going to? God is not going to anoint what he never appointed for us to share. There's no breath, there's no breath from heaven coming upon anything else but what he's anointed us to share. And when we stick to that, then the impact happens. Then we get opportunities to meet with people like I did with those guys in Portland. Minding my own business. And bam. And for you, in your respective sphere of influence, that you share the gospel and you talk about Jesus Christ and not some higher power, but Jesus Christ I mean, the Muslims don't have a problem talking about who they worship. And they, and they go and blow stuff up. For who, and, and we won't stand up and talk about Jesus. The devil is a lie. Muhammad didn't die. He didn't go to the grave and then get out of the grave and sit right on the hand of the Father. But Jesus died. Went to the grave. Got up out of the grave and is sitting on the right hand of the Father as our advocate. How dare we shut our mouths and not mention the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and let people know that you can be changed through Jesus. That's what we need, y'all. And the more we share this message, the more we're going to see people's lives changed. And when people's lives are changed with the gospel, that's when our homes will change. That's when our communities will change. That's when our city will change. That's when our states will change. That's when our country will change. That's when the world will change. When we get the gospel, we get Christ in people. But the only way it's going to happen is if we roll up our sleeves and become laborers and not just church attenders. Lord, we thank you today, and we praise you that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe, to the Jew first, then also to the Greeks. Lord, in it, the power of God is revealed, the grace of God is revealed, the mercy of God, the justification of God is revealed. Lord, we pray that you would continue to use us to preach the gospel to people. To let them know that there's hope in Jesus. And that God, you would anoint us. Continue to anoint us. And lead us as we share our faith with people. Lead us to the people that you're already dealing with. Go before us, Lord. And lead us in the direction that you're already going. Help us to be people that are mindful of your voice. So that when you whisper, uh, whisper to us that that's the person, share with them. That Lord, just like Philip did with the Ethiopian eunuch. He approached that chariot and he shared 
through your word and it changed that eunuch's life. Use us, Lord Jesus. Then, Lord, we know we're not perfect. That's why we're here, continue allowing, to continue to allow you to work on us so that we might be dispatched and go back out into the dying world that needs you, Jesus. Lord, we pray that we would do the work of an evangelist, that we would fulfill our ministry. And every single one of us in this room has ministry. We have something that you, you, you died to bring into our life. Not just our natural abilities and talents, but our spiritual. Use us, Jesus, to reach somebody with the gospel. And I pray this morning that as we got fired up here today and excited about this, that that excitement would spill out into the streets and we would take this message of hope to people who are looking for it. Thank you, Jesus, for sending someone to to minister to us. Now use us to minister to someone else. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925 925- 292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow a pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.